the atmosphere of all the Irish fans and it was just incredible to see those green jerseys walking around like really and truly Irish fans. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Women's World Cup Show on Off the Ball with Sure Non-Stop Protection Deodorant, official sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Well, let's go over to Perth. Kathleen McNamee is standing by. Hello. Hello. How are we? I suppose we're in mourning, really. Is that the uh, general gist? We were pretty good yeah. three minutes in. Ah, uh, I cannot tell you. It was like in that moment, I forgot I was a journalist in the press box and I was supposed to be like semi sort of bi- unbiased. Like I leapt out of my seat and let out an almighty no- I don't even know what the noise was that I that came out of my mouth. The journalists around me were just laughing. Uh, what a showing from Katie McCabe. I mean, it, did it always have to be her that was going to score our first ever goal at the World Cup and to do it from a set piece at Olympico as well? I don't know if you've seen the video that's kind of doing the rounds on social media of someone in the ground just behind her filming it and like the angle is just insane and the whole place erupted like I would be surprised if there was a couple of thousand Canadian fans in there today I think it was 17,000 Irish fans just went absolutely ballistic I call it uh, Steve Staunton but Olympico is new on me I I didn't know that's what it was called all these years actually so there you go yeah whenever you score off a direct free or off a corner it's Olympico yeah did you know that before today I didn't know that before today, Joe. Ah. I can't believe I have just stumped Joe Malloy on a sporting turn. Honestly, I was like, what? what, what? Olympico? Okay. Um, do you know what was, what was so... Um, and look, I mean, I'm not going to worry about Caelan Sheridan's goalkeeping. It was like a bad goal for Canada oh, yeah, yeah. to concede. We should note that as well, as good as the delivery was. But what was so encouraging, I thought, Kathleen, about that goal was the football in the build-up. Like, Onyo Gorman... Um, you know res- respectfully uh, to her predecessor against Australia is probably better with the ball at her feet um, they all have different strengths and she played a lovely pass forward for Lucy Quinn and Quinn put in this great ball and Caruso who we should touch on because she had sh- such a, a great first half in particular Caruso goes very close to scoring and then and then it's the corner and the goal I mean you're thinking wow this is a, a, a great start all round it's not just Ireland got a fluky corner and got a fluky goal yeah, no, absolutely not. This is the sort of build-up play and the chance to get a goal that we have been crying out for from this team for so, so long. And the way they were playing in that first like 15, 20 minutes, it was actually just such a pleasure to watch. There was one stage as well where Lucy Quinn floated this ball across the midfield and perfectly put it in front of Katie McCabe. And it just seemed that every ball the team touched they knew exactly what they wanted to do. One of the guys beside me described it as almost like there was a string between the players and the ball was just being pulled between the string. Mm. Um, It was, uh, if we had been able to maintain that sort of intensity and maintain that sort of passing for a little bit longer, I really, really feel like we could have got a decent result. But the big question going into this match from everyone was how is Vera going to set up and how... How are Ireland going to attack it? Are we going to see them being majorly defensive or are we going to see them actually go for that goal? And you have to say they were going for that goal. I mean, even when you look at how high the defence was playing, there was no point in that game against Australia that our defence was as high as it was in that first five, ten minutes. And that was such a clear intent from the team of like what they were going into this game to achieve. And it was just... It was frustrating that it didn't last longer in the end. But... Um, 
at least we got, I mean, we got our moment, which is what I, I was asking a couple of fans before the game. They were like, we just want the moment. And we definitely had that. Yeah. And by pressing up as well, it made Canada look quite ordinary in the ball at times. Like their defenders were under colossal pressure in possession. They weren't working it through midfield at will. There were lots of long, aimless Canadian balls. Like to the point I was, I, I hadn't seen a huge amount of Canada in advance of this tournament, but the way their coach had pitched this game, I honestly thought we were going to be playing like Barcelona 09 to 15 territory here. And they were like pretty average on the ball first half. When I did see how good they were in the second half on the ball, I'm now putting a, a I'm giving Ireland a fair degree of credit for what they managed to do to Canada uh, in that first half. Like Caruso was making the defenders' lives a nightmare for a starting point. Yeah, and I think what we saw from Caruso as well was where in the Australia game for parts at the start of the match, she was almost afraid to get too stuck into the mm. defenders around her and she wasn't being physical enough straight off the bat, whereas there was absolutely no problem with that today. It was a, It's kind of funny when you look at the way the Canadians played because Australia clearly set out to kind of attack us physically and get in our heads that way whereas I was surprised the Canadians didn't press us harder sooner yeah. they did it incredibly well in the second half and you have to say the substitutes by Ben Friesman at halftime were very very well um, well thought out because they absolutely made such a massive change on the game mm. but that was the thing like Ireland the Canadians are strange because they look at themselves as a team that has been severely underrated in the years since they won the Olympics, but also because of the issues of the Federation, they haven't really played that many games. And like Chemical Band was on AM talking about it the other day, and he was saying the same thing. You know, this Canadian team view themselves as world class, mm. and we definitely didn't see that in the first half. No. But I think we got close to seeing their potential in the second half, and it's actually been one of the few games of this tournament so far where a team has had to come from behind and show that little bit of grit and determination as they definitely did. Yeah. Um, I think like they got like the second half, they just knew so well where to push us, where to press us harder. Yeah. They weren't letting us have that freedom with the ball in the same way, you know, I think Lucy Quinn coming off at halftime didn't do us any favours at all, I think. I don't know, was it an injury issue? Or she walked by us in the mix zone earlier. She didn't stop to talk, but she was in her full tracksuit kit and she didn't seem to be hobbling or anything. So I'm not really sure what the situation was there. But I think we were really missing someone with her passing ability and her just general ball control in that second half. She was, she played a blinder in that first half for someone just yeah. coming into the team. She really did. A last word on the first half. So Ireland are having lots of good moments. Every time Sinead Farley touches the ball, it was it's funny since Sinead O'Carroll made that point that if you just watch Sinead, Sinead Farley, she's kind of immaculate. Um, she really doesn't make many mistakes. She had, a, There was great feat from her to set up Denise O'Sullivan who blazed over the bar. So Ireland were still doing lots of good things in possession in that first half. Not tearing Canada apart. If anyone didn't see the game, I don't want to give that impression. But doing lots of good things. There was a warning on the half hour mark where Buchanan... Uh, flicked a ball on to I think it was Gilles and she her, she just got under her volley and that went over the bar but it wasn't panic stations and then the goal so Julia Grosso who's definitely silky smooth brilliant player she puts in the cross it's a Megan Connolly on goal and honestly Kathleen I thought of the bloody Australian coach talking about Ireland in those championship minutes around half time or full time late in games and I thought god damn it somewhere uh He's sitting there vindicated. It like is the most 
the most sickening way to to head in to the dressing rooms at half time. All the air and all like you could have imagined that Irish dressing room at half time would have won the lead. Oh, it would have been the energy in the room would have been incredible. And I thought the exact same thing as you whenever that goal went in. It's just whatever it is about this Irish team around half time, we really, really struggled to keep our composure and make sure those silly I like I to be fair, I don't think there was a whole lot Megan Conley could no. have done in that situation. It was just one of those really, really annoying things where she tried to clear the ball and instead it's squirted on where Courtney Brosnan. But it's interesting because, like, Vera Caruso talked about it quite a lot in that last game in Tala against France. And it's something Vera Powell has mentioned before. And it's about these, like, five-minute intervals. So, like, the first five minutes of the game, the last five minutes before halftime, yeah. the first five minutes afterwards, and then the final five minutes. And how much the team has focused on those being crucial periods for themselves. But also, if you look at our history, we conceded so many times in and around those 10 minutes at half time and it's really an area that we struggle in um, and it's something you would have hoped that would have been trained out of the team by the time we got here uh, but as you say like Rosso is an incredibly good player she yeah. plays with Juventus over in the Serie A and Emma Byrne talks about it she covered quite a few Serie A games um, as a commentator that she is like one of the top players to watch coming out of that league in the next couple of years and I think that goal it just gave Canada a lift like the minute it went in, you could just see all the players' heads lifted. Yeah, I, the Irish crowd were sensational tonight, but they definitely died down quite a bit after that goal went in. And uh, it, I think there was almost a... It felt like there was almost a sense of resignation from the players or something after that goal went Big in, time. in a way that, you know, I oh no, it's happened again. I know, yeah. Um, and on and, and Grosso, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. I, I hadn't really seen her much before, but like... It, I, you watch her dribble once and there is a silkiness and a smoothness there that stands out above uh, most. But I guess I have Limerick hurlers on the brain. I just, I, <laughs> I, I, it's hard not to feel that Canada at half time looked around and said, we were abysmal there. We're going to win this game now. Let's just go out and win it. We're lucky to be one all. And, and the, the resignation that you mentioned in Ireland was there. What? So the, the changes, Canada made I think three changes halftime. Buchanan came off. I'm not shocked. That was like a testament to Caruso that Buchanan came off as much as anything. So what did the changes do? What did you feel Canada did differently in the second half? Because they, they pretty much bossed possession in a, in, a, in a really threatening way for most of that second half. Yeah, I think one stat flashed up on the screen was basically that Canada had, had like 75% possession in front of the Irish goal for like half of, half of the half. And I was yeah. like, that really does say something. I think Sinclair coming on is massive. She was a, She's a player of such intense quality. And what she did, she almost plays like that Sinead Farley role in a way where she is able to dictate the shape and the passing mm. of that Canadian team. Um, and also she just she's a really powerful player as well I think her coming on made a big difference um, as you look at the names that they are able to take off the bench like the Dorsky she plays with Tottenham again captain of the team like one of the best players that there are there is in the WSL that has come over from the North American League and the NWSL in the last couple of years. Yeah. And the cast who came on as well in the second half, you know, we, we were talking to Carmelina Mercado, um, who's a former Canadian player. She's like, 
she is one of our best players and she will probably sit on the bench tomorrow. So I think it also just showed the depth that Canada have in their squad in that they were able to take off players like Buchanan, who's often been counted as one of the best defenders in the world, although she actually hasn't really shown it that much in the last season with Chelsea, but definitely when she was with Leon. And to be able to take someone like her off and to put on players like that, it's it's not the sort of depth that we have at all. Yeah. Um, I think as well, the changes, it gave them a freshness to be able to press Ireland a lot more. You know, those players that came on aren't afraid of getting stuck in. And you could really see that from the minute Canada came out, they weren't giving Ireland that sort of space that they were in the first half. You know, Christine Sinclair was marshalling them literally shouting at every single person be it, if someone was like too far away from their marker at any one stage she was straight onto them being like keep it tight keep it tight you could just hear her in the stadium yeah. shouting that at the players um and then of course get the goal as well i mean adrian leon great great player came off seconds later as well which is another so, testament what? to how good they are uh, but she actually hasn't played a whole lot so she's not okay. match fit which is kind of the reason why she came off at that but, stage and like there was great quality to that canadian second goal there was a a window for the pass and that window was hit and Leon had Katie McCabe doing her level best to get around her. Like, it's not like McCabe was in a dreadfully poor position by any means, but Leon's first touch was good enough to take it away and her second touch was a finish and, and like, McCabe still almost gets a stud on it. But, I, I, again, to your point, that encapsulates the quality you're talking about. Two really good touches, a great pass in, bang. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, if Katie wasn't getting to that ball, I don't think anyone was. She yeah. was right on top of her. Brosnan have been a little bit bigger, maybe not gone down as soon, possibly, but she was so close to goal. Like, all she had to do was just put it a little bit to either side of Brosnan yeah. and it was in. Um, I thought the battle with McCabe and Quinn, especially towards the final, like, 10, 15 minutes, was really, really good in yeah. the midfield. There was one particular moment where McCabe and her... You were like, I don't know, this 50-50, who's going to come out with the ball? They were just inside the half, and McCabe came away with it. That's when she got the shot off, and the turn alone deserved a Katie McCabe screamer at the other end of it. You know, you have those moments where you're sitting there thinking, is this it? Is yeah. this going to be the moment? And he really, really thought it was going to be it, but she was a bit of a one-woman show she for was, a lot of that was. second half. The, yeah, the last, the last 15 minutes, I mean, we did our customary Louise Quinn, up you go. Um, but it was it was kind of Katie, give me the ball. I'm going to try and take a few players on and get a shot away. That was that was kind of what where we ended up, rightly or wrongly. I I think she just went into robot mode, and I don't mean that in that she was kind of you know stale or anything. But some of the plays she was making were just incredible. The way she was turning away from players, the way the balls she was making after like such a high intensity game, the shots she was trying to get away, it was like she alone was determined that she was going to save this Irish team. And I mean, by God, I wish she had. I chatted to her afterwards in the mix zone. She was so emotional, but so full of chat about like how proud she was of this Irish team. And, you know, we said to her about the fact that she kind of took on Canada all by herself. And she was like, no, I was only able to do that because I knew there was players covering me and supporting me in the way that I needed. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we had a couple more games around the pitch tonight, might have been a different story, but it just goes to show her class once again. Yeah, and I, I suppose to your point, because we have to be clear-eyed about it, 
Canada were very deserving winners could, could easily have scored another couple of goals and their second half performance yeah. in particular was excellent I suppose what um, and this is not a new point uh, Kathleen what, what Sinead Farrelly shows what Katie shows what Denise O'Sullivan shows we just need a few more technicians like that so when the Canadian press comes on Ireland are better able to play out from the back and and you could pick out different individuals who made certain mistakes in, in possession and they're probably the types of mistakes that we have seen from this team over the last however many years they're, they're just just that bit of quality that is not easy to produce out of, out of, out of nothing and, and you know future Irish generations are going to be better and better again this team has certain limitations on the ball and Canada decided let's put the pressure on we'll get the ball back yeah I think like you really saw with our passing in the second half there were so many of our passes that just weren't going to either the people that they wanted or going straight out there was a lot like we had so many foul throws in the game as well I yeah. think there was nearly three or four in total you know little things like that and everyone did like Katie had one Marissa Shiva had one you know it wasn't that certain players in particular there was a couple of different people involved in it um, and like in, in isolation there was, and a little bit of just in isolation, those throw-ins and those passes, you'd say, oh, look, that happens. It's just three of them in a game, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a lot. And some of them were at pretty crucial moments in terms of us maintaining possession and maintaining our space on the pitch close to goal. There was also just a few moments of decision-making, especially when that big raft of changes came in in the second half from Vera, where, say, Katie was screaming for the ball and just like players like Abby Larkin and Izzy Atkinson, maybe like rather than playing it forward, kind of took a touch too much and then turned around and went backwards with it when there was a few opportunities to move the ball forward. Now, I have to say, like, it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, how could you not see it? It was so blatantly obvious. But just little things like that, that if we had been the team in the first half that we were in the second half, we probably would have stopped those passes and there would have been a lot more of a change to lead up to us getting more shots but in particular like I did I did think Izzy Atkinson really struggled when she came on and I thought like a lot of her passing wasn't great and a couple of balls just went out dead when they shouldn't have there was a few opportunities there uh if Sinead Farley was only a couple (laughs) couple of years younger and played a bit more football in the last while and could stay fit for a bit longer I think that would have made a massive difference for us and I also think if Lucy Gwynn had been able to stay on for a little bit longer I think that would have been a big difference but as you say as well like we have we do need those players that can play out of the back and hold the ball and that's what a player like Eva Mannion gives us so if we can keep integrating players like her into the squad and I don't mean like bring in more players I just mean that if the players are training with people like her with Sinead Farley with Denise with Katie that's going to improve everyone's yeah. touches because you're going to have to keep up with them in training. Yes. So, yeah, we're going to the Euros. I've already turned my attention to the Euros. <laughs> we're going to go. We're going to do brilliantly there. <laughs> Let's hear then reaction from some of the players. We, we've a bit longer with Katie McCabe in a moment, but just a, a sample from Courtney Brosnan, the uh, Irish goalkeeper, first of all, speaking post-match. Courtney, obviously a really, really emotional night, but all the messages coming from home are just the absolute pride that yeah. everyone has for this group. What has the support from the Irish fans meant over the course of this tournament? And of course, we're going to see them out in force in Brisbane yeah. again. Oh, it's unbelievable. I think 
Like we said from the beginning how many Irish are in Australia, but then you show up here, it's basically a home match at Tala. The stands were behind us right from the beginning. The crowd was unbelievable. And we know the support we have in the stands here and then the millions watching back at home. And I think it's it means the world to us to see how proud every one of us is of us. And we just want to do the best for, for our little country. So that was Courtney Brosnan and then Katie McCabe. Kathleen also managed to grab Katie McCabe afterwards. We'll have a listen. Katie, you gave Ireland possibly one of the greatest moments in their history with that goal. I know you haven't had time to see the reaction back home yet, but everyone was absolutely elated. What was that moment like for you? Um, yeah, I, I mean, we we looked at obviously our set pieces. We know we have a lot of aerial threat, um, and it's up to myself and Megan whether she decide to make sure we, we're putting it in those areas. And I was obviously delighted to, to see it hit the back of the net. Um, there was a lot of wind and rain as well, um, so it made it difficult for the keeper. But um, yeah, it's kind of yeah, you're kind of in a bit of disbelief to be like I've just scored the first goal. Um, but at this level, it's all about results, and um, of course, it's a nice moment. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely heartbroken in terms of the results and where it's left us in the group. What was your words to the team at the final whistle? It's like captain, as the leader of this team. What what were you saying? Just how proud I am of each and every single player. Um, it's not been an easy journey to get here, um, as you all know. Um, the highs and lows of the last few weeks, players missing out, um, players getting injured. Um, it's been a it's been a real journey for the team and for the way the girls have held, like held themselves throughout this this whole few weeks and starting against obviously Australia and then tonight as well. Um, I was just so proud of them and for us now it's about regrouping, um, keeping the positives from these games and making sure we we give the nation something to be really proud of and hopefully we can end this tournament with a win for them. The support out there was absolutely incredible tonight. I think only at one stage did I hear any Canada chants. What would you like to say to all the fans that have travelled? Honestly, the, the fans here tonight in Perth, um, it felt like we were at home in Dublin, in Tallis Stadium. Um, it was absolutely incredible from the minute we started singing the national anthem. It was like we all had goosebumps. It was honestly the stuff of dreams. Um, you could even say it was even better than the night in, uh, against Australia because it was so close knit. The fans cheered us on from, from start to finish. Um, and we're just, yeah, we're just so grateful for them being so far away from home and then f- making it feel like we're actually at home in Dublin in Ireland. It's incredible. And um, yeah, we owe it all to the fans because they've, yeah, they've really made it special for us. Yeah. Uh, it really captures it, doesn't it, Kathleen? Massive disappointment. They're heartbroken. And I, I'm sure if you had a TV screen in the press area, you would have seen the circle at full time. A lot of the players just in tears. And yet also they're blown away by the experience. Yeah, it's actually like when I was chatting to Katie in the mix zone, you're kind of like focused on what you're doing, but listening back to her there and just hearing her voice crack as she's trying to, you know, process everything and mm. tell us how she feels. It's, it's a really difficult listen. Um, I mean, all the players that were walking through the mix zone, I don't think I saw one player who wasn't in tears or disappointed, but also the resounding message from every single one of them is that they're incredibly proud of what this group has achieved. And I think they know that this is the start of like an exciting journey for them. Yes, we haven't played the football that we want in the sense we haven't got the results that we want. But I mean, I was I was chatting to the hard shoulder about this earlier. I think I always looked at this tournament. If we could go into it, get some goals, show the world that we can play football, and like 
unlike what Bev Friesman and Tony Gustafsson or whatever other manager wants to say about us, this is a footballing team and they do have great capabilities for such a tiny nation. Um, and a nation that, you know, hasn't had a footballing history for the women's side in the same way that many others have. So I think this group can be like incredibly proud of what they've achieved. I know I haven't been at home, but like the atmosphere around here has been incredible. I've had so many emails from people who live are from Ireland, but now live in Australia. We were talking about how much fun they've had introducing their kids to this Irish team and yeah. how that has like brought the Irishness to them here, even though they're so far away from home. I keep getting videos from home. And I think like tonight is really, really tough. I don't think I've even processed it yet because I've just been working since the game ended. Yeah. Um, tonight is really, really tough, but I think everyone will look back on this as something really really important for the legacy of this team and for whatever we might do in the future yeah i agree totally i think um well post liberty hall protest the fai were shamed into some manner of progression but what this team have done in getting to the world cup they've expedited the progression of women's football in this country and and you rightly say there isn't a tradition or a history uh, uh, certainly uh, reaching this level of in women's football in this country and now like what a great base level that would be if World Cups become the norm and Euros become the norm and the next generation are playing in greater numbers so that is as disappointing as today is and as, as teary-eyed as they all are I think maybe unlike the men's the Irish men's team in a similar circumstance I think they are really entitled to talk about the significance of this mm, I think so like I I still can't put into words what I felt listening to the national anthem that first night in Sydney. I can't put into words how I felt today when I watched that Katie McCabe goal go in. It just all went by in such a blur, but it's like we, I can't, I went into sports journalism because I didn't see my voice represented. I didn't get the opportunity to, you know, watch the teams that I wanted to watch because it wasn't covered. And being at this tournament has felt like such a vindication of all of that because this is, we've seen an entire country get behind this team. We've seen them support them. We've seen them, you know, the coverage has been wall to wall. It's just been such a pleasure and such an honor to do. And I think that, you know, I hope that like anyone who's watching this, this doesn't just go, this goes beyond football. This isn't just about football. This is like kids, adults, whoever it might be seeing that, you know, you can achieve great things. You can go to the top level of whatever you want to do, irregardless of how many times people want to tell you that you can't, that you're too small or people don't care about women or whatever it is. This is such, the last few weeks have been such a great example of how that is all absolute rubbish. And I hope that this team can only go on to break down barriers. I hope that it feeds into what the RFU are doing with the rugby team, what the LGFA and Kogi Association are doing with all their teams. Like, we need this to be a trickle-down effect. We need to, like, grab hold of the passion and the sheer delight and joy. Like, this is sport at its finest. We're watching history unfold, even if tonight is a really sad night. And we need to grab onto that and make sure that we keep going and that this isn't the end of this journey. Because if it is, that would be a real pity. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance it will be. So we're talking like it's over, and it is in one sense, but a couple of more World Cup moments would be nice. Nigeria, Monday morning, 11 a.m. Irish time. They have to regroup and go again. 
yeah, they have to regroup and go again. The general question to a lot of them tonight was basically, you know, can you go out and play with a bit of freedom now that everything is technically over? And the resounding answer from all the players was yes. They were like, we want to give Irish fans something to celebrate, something to go out on a high. So I think expect some good things from the next game. To the extent that Vera Pau will go forward at the back and say, let's go for this game. That'd be asking for a lot, maybe. That might be asking for a lot, but we can hope. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I know you've got to run. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Have a good evening. You too. Kathleen McNamee uh, with us from Perth. And our World Cup show and our World Cup coverage is with thanks to Sure Nonstop Protection Deodorant, official sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Uh, loads more. Keep an eye out on OTB social channels. Loads more reaction from the team from Vera Pau coming your way very shortly. The Women's World Cup Show on Off the Ball with Sure Nonstop Protection Deodorant, official sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023.